Hey, everybody, it's Matt. As we kick off this episode of Growing Greater, let's thank the team at the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. PHL CVB is the official tourism promotion agency for this city of Philadelphia globally, and it serves as the primary sales and marketing agency for the Pennsylvania Convention Center. PHL CVB is an economic engine for the city and all of Greater Philadelphia, helping to create jobs, fueling the economy by bringing meetings, conventions, and tourists to Philadelphia and across the region. The PHL CVB team advocates for Philadelphia's continuous transformation of our infrastructure, growth of human capital, and brand assets. And they serve as the city's connector for meeting planners, conference attendees, tour operators, and travelers alike. Learn more at discoverphl.com. That's discoverphl.com. And join me in thanking PHL CVB for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. How we tell our story, how we shape our brand, whether we're an individual, a company, a nonprofit, it's really important. And there are experts in that field that can provide guidance to really allow companies and organizations and individuals to be successful. And we're really thrilled to welcome into the Growing Greater Studios, Stacy Grant. She's founder and CEO of a company called Koi Fly Creative. Stacy, it's great to have you. Thank you for having me, Matt. We're thrilled to have you with us. So Stace, share with us, how do you describe Koi Fly Creative to the average person? Well, if the average person understands production and video production, then they might get us immediately. But we call ourselves a boutique production firm with deep strategic capability. And what that means is, you know, that kind of overused term, like we're storytellers. You know, everybody says it, but we really are. We tell the stories of brands or we help agencies tell the stories of brands. But then we also are creators. So in-house, we have a ton of experience. We have TV people, we have movie people, we have producers, and we put all that creative together, and then we can also add in strategy. So that's something else that we do that's a bit unique in terms of the other production companies that are in Philadelphia. And I want to dive into that last part, the Mm -hmm. strategy part, because it's really important. A lot of times people will create something that's really amazing, but they may not know how to use it. Yeah. And it sounds like your team has the ability to come in and strategically think through with the client, how do you want to deploy this new asset? Right. The idea was born... Because I would have clients saying, I want a video. Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, okay, what's your video about? Yeah. Who's your audience and who are you trying to reach? And what do you want it to look like? And all of a sudden people would look at us like, um, I don't know, I just want a video about yeah. my company. You're asking me really tough yeah, questions. Yeah, it's a tough question. So I have a marketing background. I don't have a production background. I have a marketing and sales background. And I have somebody else who works with me who also has a very strong marketing background. So we said, hey, we can do this. Why don't we help the client figure out the strategy for their visual content before they even create it? That way they can have like built-in ROI. So we actually have software in-house. We have the science. We have the art part, but we also have the science because we have software in-house to talk about the data that their audience is actually looking for. So we'll, we'll get the stakeholder interviews. We'll get the data, meaning like, you know, people every day are on Google searching like that. All of that 
mm-hmm. is somewhere in the stratosphere. So we are able to glean that information. And if somebody wants to, let's say they want to reach like golfers who are 18 years and older, who like a golf course like they have. Right. You know, we'll know that based on the information that we sort of glean mm-hmm. from our software. And then we'll create content around that. Mm-hmm. And we know that their audience that they're trying to reach will be searching for that information. A very thoughtful and targeted approach right. that really allows the client to maximize their investment of the storytelling that you're creating with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then in addition to that, we sort of help them launch that video. Mm-hmm. So we give them a strategic plan. And you know, we don't go into the nitty gritty. Like we're not trying to be a media company. We're not trying to like buy space for them. Right. But we'll say this is what we're thinking. We think you should probably most of your audience is going to be on Facebook. So why don't you like you know put a bunch of Facebook videos on there? Yeah. You know, do social media strategy and stuff like that. So yeah, that makes sense. We do that as well. But our heart is really in production. Most of our experience is in production. Mm-hmm. We've actually been nominated as PA's Best Filmmaker last year, which was great for some of our short films. So we've got a bunch of short films. We do long form. We call that long form content in the industry. Right. But then we also do the short stuff. Like we just did a bunch of like little tiny TV commercials for Boyd's 30 Seconds. And we've done national television commercials. So we kind of like run the gamut. Yeah, that's great. And I want to dive into that a little bit more. But before we get there, I want to kind of establish a little bit of the foundation because you're sharing with us that you're really great at helping clients think about, shape, and tell their story. But I want to hear the story about Koi Fly. <laughs> you always ask me this story, Matt. I love it. I know. So how old is the shop? When did you guys start? And take us back to that kitchen table conversation with your team that led ultimately to what today we know as Koi Fly. So it's a bit of a long story, but I actually had my own consulting business. I was in marketing consulting. Mm -hmm. I always sort of had like a creative side to me and I made my own little videos. Like I would do little videos for clients with my DSLR. I was also did photography. Yeah. I happened to meet a man in 2000, I guess, 11, who worked for QVC for 22 years, who later became my husband, long mm-hmm. story. Nice. So he was at QVC for 22 years, and I started really sort of like living in his world and doing some of his workshops and going to some of the, you know, and everyone would look at me and be like, why are you here on date night at the Steadicam workshop? Right. And I was like, I love this stuff. And not only that, the people who are involved with this are amazing. They're so friendly. They're so open. Like anyone who works on crew Mm-hmm. And they're creative. And so I really kind of got into it. And right. I, at the time, was working with a nonprofit called Family Lazan Foundation. Mm. And they actually help children whose parents have died, their mother or father. And what they do is sort of match that child up with a tradition that their mother or father has done with them in the past. Like, mm-hmm. let's say they're like big, huge Phillies fans. And they went sure. to the Phillies game with their dad. And their dad died. So every year, we would create for them like the same experience. Nice. So I worked for them. They were trying to go national. I said, I know what we can do. Eric, you know, the guy that I met who was at QVC for 22. I know what we can do. We can create this, like, really kick-ass PSA, public service announcement, for Family of Zon Foundation. And then we can sort of see how it works, you Mm -hmm. know, because I really was dying to get into the whole production world. So we did it. We did all the different aspects of the production for this thing. I was the producer. We did storyboards. We gathered all of his friends together, and we shot this little thing that's on our website right now, com. And it's just the PB&J PSA. And the premise is 
every mother cuts their sandwich, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a certain way, mm-hmm. and children remember that. Yeah. And for me, it, like as a mother, like it made me cry when I thought about that. Like, oh my god, if my mother wasn't here, I remember she used to cut it on the diagonal every time. Anyway, so we did no, this little great. this little PB and J PSA, and I just fell in love with the process. And two weeks later, I'm like, Eric, I am starting a production company. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. I just knew that's what I wanted to do. I just felt this passion in my gut, and I was ready to go. So was that PBJ PSA moment like 2014, 2015 timeframe? Yes. Okay. Yep. Great. And I love the fact that it's still on your Koi Fly oh, website yeah. today. It'll never go away. Because uh, it, it really it epitomizes the foundation of your thinking and the manifestation of your vision, if you will. Yeah. And I love that. So I have to ask. How did your mom cut your PB&J sandwiches? <laughs> Always on the diagonal. And how do you cut your kids' PB&J Always sandwiches? on the diagonal. Nice. How do you cut it? So I think I've always cut it in half. Okay. And it was always Straight. Stroman bread. But See? I'm, I'm always curious about, and you know, the folks have different perspectives on this. Crust, no crust. Yeah. Cut it in fours mm-hmm. or, you know, just in half. That type of approach. Open face, close face. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's all different kinds. And we did that in the PSA. You can see different ways people do it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Even like, do you know how some moms just do the really cool, like, cookie cutter? Yeah. You know, little yeah, hearts? Yeah, like, Yeah, That's little right. shapes. Yeah. How about yeah. your mom? She was uh, right in half. Right in half. See? Yeah. yeah. But I do have fond memories. You know, my kids are older now, 25, 23, and 20. But I have fond memories. There was a period of time where my wife was in charge of making lunches for the kids. And then there was a period of time where I was in charge of making lunches for the kids, depending on where we were in our careers. And we each would always put notes in our kids' Aww. lunches. A note of the day on their napkin, you know, up to a certain age, she Love stopped that. doing that, right? But that's one of my memories of making lunches for the kids and keeping that tradition alive. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. they'll carry that on yeah. as well. And it's something I learned from my mom. You know, she would make lunches for, I'm the youngest of seven, she would make lunches for us and our names were all in the bags and we had little special treats in each bag that we would take to school See? every day from mom. It never so goes it away. You always remember that. You're yeah. so right. You're yeah. so right. Yeah. So let's fast forward now. Okay. You have this inspiration. Right. You have this great experience with the right. PBJ PSA. I love that. And now it starts to get a little bit more serious. And you say to Eric, and were you guys partners in life at this point, or were you yes. just partners in business? We weren't. We weren't married, but we were partners in life. Yeah, yeah nice. we were. Yeah. Yeah. So you say to Eric, "All right, I'm going to do this production company." Yeah. You know, what's the next step? Are you like, "I'm going to leave my consulting practice and do this," or it's going to be a blend? It's going to be an evolution, and then when things get the traction that we need it to get, then it's going to be all in. Well, I couldn't do anything but that. Mm. I couldn't think about anything else. Like, I used to stay up at night. Because I feel like production kind of covers everything. Like, creating a video is almost like a piece of artwork for me. Yeah. You know, so there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I just, I got so excited about it. And I loved every aspect of it. And I told Eric, like, I'm doing this. And, like, I want you to come work with me. And he's like, no. He's still at QVC no, at the time. No, I love QVC. Yeah. I, I'm not leaving there. Like, nice, secure job. Yes. He's right. like, I'll help you out a little bit, you know, yeah. but I'm not going to. You know, I really love it here. And it's an amazing organization. And I'm staying. I'm like, okay, that's great. I'm just going to, you know, I had other friends that I had met through him. And mm-hmm. we just started talking mm-hmm. and moving along. Yeah. But we didn't have a name. And, well, I want to come back to the name. <laughs> But so did you just continue to pester Eric? No, I really, let, I, I left him alone. He was super supportive, like anything, like weekends, like anytime I needed help, like yeah. he would jump in. 
we ended up going to Tuscany, Italy and shooting for a fitness company out mm-hmm. there. And I thought this is going to be some big vacation. We're going to shoot this together. It was so hard. Yeah, it was work. It was a lot of work, but yeah. it came out. We had some beautiful stuff. And after that, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe working together might not be the best call. But Right. But now you are working together. But now we are. Yeah. And was that the trigger that caused Eric to say, you know what? I am going to shift careers and focus full time with my partner in life and also make her my partner in, in my career. Which I always get questions about, like, how do you work with your husband? But, yeah. you know, if you know Eric, you know, he's so easygoing. So I think that the, the trigger for him was like he would have stayed probably QVC forever, but he sort of hit like his ceiling there. Mm. He was a technical director. He was yep. you know doing really well. And he was working days so that he could be around at night. And there was really no more advancement for him there in his mind. Right. And then we started getting really busy at Koi Fly. Nice. I'm like, oh, please, please come yeah. help us. Yeah. So he did. Well, we're here at Okahawking Preserve, and we're filming the new spot for Obio 2.0, You Are Not Alone campaign. We're all setting up cameras. We got Steadicam, we got jibs, we got drones, got all goodies, all the tech stuff. My name's Caitlin Riley, and I am going to be the lead runner in this commercial for Obio. What are you the most excited about? I am excited to try to maybe conquer that hill behind us. We'll see <laughs> if they make me go that way. <laughs> From listening to the audio of this behind-the-scenes video shoot that was organized and implemented by the Koi Fly team, we get to hear just how much work actually goes into producing and filming what often appears to be a really simple program. Through precise planning and expert direction, the Koi Fly creative team of production specialists and writers, cinematographers, audio experts, and strategists, they all come together to bring stories to life. And it's really exciting to learn about all that goes into creating this captivating content. Before we continue our conversation, let's thank the team at the Discovery Labs, who are helping us attract new companies and new jobs to greater Philadelphia. Located in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, the Discovery Labs is the first fully integrated environment for big pharma, emerging biotech, and high-tech companies to cohabitate under one roof. Perfectly situated in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, the Discovery Labs is in close proximity to Philadelphia's world-class research institutions, healthcare systems, and educational leaders, as well as to the regulatory and legislative community in Washington, D.C., and the investment community in New York. The Discovery Labs offers the complete package access to wet labs, talent, research partners, leading biotech and pharmaceutical companies, venture capitalists, startups, and so much more. And it's all in an exceptionally affordable environment that provides an unmatched cost of living and quality of life. Learn more at thediscoverylabs.com. And join me in thanking the Discovery Labs for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. So, folks, we're talking with Stacey Grant. She's founder and CEO of a really cool company called Koi Fly Creative. And Stacey is so passionate, and she's so focused on what she does. And you can tell as soon as you meet her that she has a a passion and a love for production and for storytelling and for helping other people. And she brings that passion to a personal level. And this is my, Stacy pivot to asking you to share the story behind the name of your company, because it's really unique and it is really personal in Koi Fly. Right. Share with us more. And it's interesting because I've always heard, like, you should have the name of what you do in your work, mm-hmm. you know? So Koi Fly really has nothing to do with production, so to speak, when you break it down. But the name actually came from Eric, 
he woke up in the middle of the night and he was like, this is what we need to name our company. And the reason is my father died in 2010 and we have four kids in my family. Mm -hmm. The fifth, sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth and 10th kid were koi fish. My father loved koi fish so much. He had actually in his house, he had like a stream or a moat, if you can imagine, like as you walked into the foyer and in that moat, he had koi fish and my father traveled all the time. He was an entrepreneur and he would make us come and feed his fish. So, I mean, I was like, dad, you know, koi fish don't need to eat twice a day. Like I would be having to leave work to go feed his fish. He loved these fish so much. Yeah. So we took care of these fish. So when my dad died in 2010, all my brothers and sisters got tattoos of Mm -hmm. koi fish, except for me, because I was a little older. I'm like, I don't know what that's going to look like in a few years. So I said, okay, well, I'll name my company Mm -hmm. after koi fish. But then Eric's dad had also died, my partner, in, I think it was, I always forget the year, I'm going to say like 1997, Mm -hmm. and he worked for Boeing. Mm -hmm. He worked on huge helicopters, war helicopters. Right. So Eric thought if we added, and Eric's also a skydiver. Right. So he thought if we add the fly and the koi, like how can we go wrong? Because we have these two angels kind of looking over us, and then we have a dash in the middle, you know, so there's K-O-I dash F-L-Y. And it mm-hmm. was only because that was the only URL left. Because <laughs> gotcha. I guess all the rest of them were taken for fly fishing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a really inspiring story. And I love the meaning behind it because it is so personal. Yeah. And, and I love the connection that both you and Eric feel to your dads mm-hmm. and that they're with you every day, mm-hmm. uh, multiple times a day yeah. as you're delivering on your vision. Your dad's passing, that milestone moment in 2010, unexpected? Yes. He was like, just seemed like he had pneumonia, and it turned Mm -hmm. out to be mesothelioma. And what was interesting is like on the way to get his biopsy at UPenn, he, right before he left, he was on the Stairmaster for like an hour and a half. Like I was just so certain there was nothing wrong with this person. Right. And right. I mean, I just thought he's the healthiest man I know. Like he was like crazy healthy. So when we got there, they did a biopsy and one of the doctors was like, you know, you could be fine or you could be dead in nine weeks. And he was dead in nine weeks. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. I ask in part because and I suspect you and and Eric think about this for both of your respective parents and and dads specifically. Nine years later, after your dad's Mm -hmm. passing, What do you think he's thinking now when he watches you build this cool company for the last three or four years? Yeah, I have dreams sometimes like about him. And one of my last dreams, like very, you know, visceral dreams was him saying, if you don't have a profit, you got to shut this down. (laughs) You got to be profitable. Right. And I know that about my dad. He really wants us to see a profit. So we're getting there. Well, it's that spirit of entrepreneurism that he embraced and clearly has passed on to you as well uh, giving you the courage to to embark on an entrepreneurial mission that you are. That has to be it, Matt. I mean, that's really sort of an awesome thing that you're saying. It's very intuitive because my dad just had no fear. Mm -hmm. He just like did everything. You know, he jumped off every bridge and did everything he wanted to do. And I feel like that kind of by osmosis. I mean, I'm not a business major. I was a political science and French double major in college. So. I don't really have that background. Somehow I learned about business through him, and I have a lot of help too. Yeah, yeah. And folks, we're speaking with Stacey Grant, founder and CEO of Koi Fly Creative. They're currently headquartered right here in the greater Philadelphia region out in uh, beautiful Chester County in Westchester, Pennsylvania, doing work all over the region, all over the country, and in fact, all over the world, which I love. 
And Stace, I was hoping you could share with us some of the, what I would call nuts and bolts. How big is the team now after starting in uh, 2016? You know, you now have uh, X number of employees Mm -hmm. and X number of jobs that you're focused on. We have about seven in-house crew Mm -hmm. and six of them are employees and we're hiring another associate producer this summer. Mm-hmm. She's coming right from Temple. We nice. love her very much. So, like, we are the core crew, mm-hmm. and we do all the sort of organization, but we also hire freelancers, sure. like amazing freelancers all over the tri-state area, as yep. close as we can find them, or even, like, we were just in Kentucky last week, so we hired people in Kentucky. So so we have help from freelancers as well, sure. but their core staff is there every day. Yeah, that makes sense, and it's part of the nature of that industry yeah. where you bolt on the professionals from the neighborhood where you're shooting, Yeah, uh, but I think makes a lot of sense. In terms of Philadelphia, I mean, I think I'm one of the only production companies who has in-house crew mm-hmm. you yeah. know a lot of them just freelance out all the time all the time yeah yeah, yeah. No, which makes, makes sense but i like does. having i come from the agency world and i love having a team where we're all doing things together and we're all like fighting for the same goal that's right it provides yeah. a level of continuity and fluidity and kind of like-mindedness as, as well that yeah. provides that expertise for the client which is yeah. i know front and center for mm-hmm. what you're thinking so that makes good sense so stay share with us a little bit more about some of the projects you worked on you would reference the pbj PSA. You also referenced the shoot in Tuscany, Italy. What a mm-hmm. great opportunity yeah. to create that kind of fitness type video. Share with us some of the stories that stand out for you. I guess I should say some of the clients that stand out for you that you're really proud of when you reflect on the past three to four years of creating messaging, branding, storytelling for a client, you know, as comfortable as you are in sharing some of those examples. And you don't have to get too specific if you just want to use an industry sector, for example. Like right now is such a great time for Koi Fly. Like we are, we're growing, but we're growing in a smart way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the people who are our clients right now, or I call them, you know, the people, they feel like friends, like our clients are amazing and they they've stuck with us i think in this industry it's really difficult to sort of break through if someone has a relationship with another company and i love that because then those clients are loyal to the production company that they work with but i'm super proud that we have this panel discussion coming up with like some of my favorite clients we have saxby's we're doing a bunch of work with saxby's we're doing mm-hmm. a brand anthem for them i love nick bear we're working with boyd's we're doing tv commercials for them which are really fun so scott crossens the cmo there working with him nice philadelphia magazine we've done a ton of stuff with we worked with them with infinity the car last year and we did four we did two in boston two videos in boston and two videos here in philadelphia that they were all on their publishing network and then we're also doing stuff with influencers. So we have the Mother Sheik's going to be on the panel as well. And she is a local fashion blogger, if you haven't heard of her. Like, okay. she's super, super popular, 380,000 followers on Facebook. And she literally, I mean, I'm afraid to go on her Instagram because I buy clothes immediately every time I go on there. Right, right. And then we got lucky and we got Christian Crosby, who's going to be coming as well. And he's the in-house sort of in-arena speaker for the 76ers. Nice. So I'm sure he's going to be a lot of fun. So when I look at that group of panelists, and I know that most of them are my clients, my heart kind of swells because the different diverse sort of places that we're in and at Koi Fly, like we're not just healthcare, we're not just, you know, working with retail, we're not just working with food and beverage, like we work with everybody. Right. And I love that. And construction companies and, you know, whoever calls us, like we'd really try and figure out cool concepts for them and come up with uh, good content. That's really great. I love that with Saxby's, with Boyd's, with Philadelphia Magazine. I think you mentioned Infinity as well. Mm-hmm. And you referenced earlier in our conversation a shoot that you were doing in Kentucky. Share with us a little bit more about who that 
client is or what that project's all about? That's a major biotech company Mm -hmm. out of San Francisco that we're working with through an agency. Mm -hmm. And for them, we've gone to a lot of their events and we do interviews during their events and find out about all the like incredible stuff they're doing with life sciences research and put those into interviews that they use actually internally. We work with a lot of companies with internal stuff. Another big uh, tech company, Mobiquity, we're working with them as well and doing a bunch of like brand stuff for them lately and they're fun. Yeah, I know with life science companies that a lot of it is about helping folks to understand the impact on the patient and the patient's family. And it's so important to shape that story in a way that is meaningful for the employee, if it's an internal messaging. But to your point, if it's an external messaging, it's all about branding the image of the industry or the company Mm -hmm. that oftentimes gets muddied based on other influences that are coming at that specific industry, especially one like biotech or life sciences that sometimes gets more complicated based on a variety of factors like funding and research and development and things like that. Yeah, you totally have your finger on the pulse because right now, the most popular thing that people ask us for is values videos. Like Mm. They want everybody in the world to know what this company's values is about Mm -hmm. because I think these days, like millennials, Gen Z or whatever, they buy with their heart right. more than anything else. And so, you know, you really have to sort of distinguish yourself as a brand who has a heart and who has values. And it's a who. It's like you need to almost be the personification of what you want to do so that people understand. And then you need to tell the story about it. Yeah. You have to tell a story. Right. Because they want to be told, they want to be entertained. For sure. Yeah. And, and to take that a step further, it's not just about buying into the organization. It's about buying into working for the organization as well. Because to your point, it's a competitive landscape out there when it comes to employment. Mm -hmm. And employees, young people especially, want to work for a company they believe in Mm -hmm. and for an industry they believe in. So having your team help to convey that is really key. Yeah, it's huge right now. Recruiting is huge because it's difficult to find the amazing people because everybody's looking for people right now. Yeah. The economy's doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so tough question for Stacey. Uh Uh-oh. Have you ever turned down a job? And if so, why? Yeah, well, we have, it's a really interesting question, because I feel like as the leader of our team, you know, I love my people and I listen to my people, but I also need to be a buffer Mm -hmm. to my people. Mm -hmm. The reason why I have my own company is because I don't want to deal with clients who aren't easy to deal with Mm -hmm. and who don't have sort of this reciprocal kindness that we try to give to our clients. So I did at one point have to walk away from a very nice job mm-hmm. because I didn't really appreciate how we were being treated right. at the onset. Yeah. There were emails like all weekend long and they weren't nice mm-hmm. and you know they were, you know, Shelly who's working with me, she was new to this whole game and I just didn't want her to have to deal with that type yeah. of client and I don't have to. That's right. Cuz it's my company. That's right. Yeah. And and we like to create environments that are fun whether mm-hmm. we're at work or home or out socially and if it's not fun and you have the position and the power to say, that's not a fit for us, yeah. then go for it. That's really important. And let's focus our energies on the positive. Yeah. And I think too, leadership style, like I really am sort of hands off. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like everybody works so hard. We have unlimited paid time off yep. at Coifly Creative. And everyone's like, oh, really? How are you doing that? I'm like, because no one wants to take time off. Right. And if they do, I'm really glad they are because, you know, we're a small, tight team. We wear so many hats. People have to take a break. Yeah, for they sure. They have to. Yeah. So I try to model that, too. So, folks, it's Stacy Grant, founder and CEO of Koi Fly Creative. And, Stace, I'm going to get a little deep on you because you shared with me earlier that you were born in Salem, Massachusetts. Mm. And by chance, your family relocated to Chester County, Pennsylvania, when you were very, very young. And you essentially grew up in Chester County. It's kind of meant to be you never would have met 
Eric. You never would have necessarily had the experiences in life that you've had if it wasn't for that milestone that your mom and dad made all those years ago to relocate, take this opportunity to relocate from Massachusetts to Pennsylvania. Does that ever come kind yeah. of go through your mind, your thought process? It's always wild. Like when I'm at an airport, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many people. How am I living in this area? And how am I not living in Louisville, Kentucky, where I was a couple weeks ago or last week? Right. And what's really cool about this is like my mom and dad, my dad went to Harvard and Harvard Business School. He had opportunities all over the country, mm-hmm. a lot in New York City. My mom was from Maryland and New Jersey. They could have gone anywhere, mm-hmm. and they came to the outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They had one of his friends lived around here, and my mother and father fell in love with Chester County. Yeah. The beautiful rolling hills, and you know, just it's a gorgeous place. We had 40 acres. Nice. You know, we grew up on this farm. I had to walk down my driveway a mile each day and back for the bus. I'm right. not kidding. Uphill, yeah. both ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, like, I I love this area. And I did. I tried to leave. I <laughs> moved around a lot. Yeah. I was in Dallas. I was in Boston. I was in Malibu, California for mm-hmm. two years. And my heart just kept pulling me back here. Yeah. So, in that spirit, because here on Growing Greater, we're all about not only growing businesses and learning about businesses that are thriving, like Koi Fly Creative, but also the uniqueness of our greater Philadelphia community, mm-hmm. northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, southeastern Pennsylvania, because to your point, it is a special place. There yes. is something special about it, not just in the quality of life and the history and the founding of democracy as we know it today and the founding of this country, but it's also a very practical and reasonable place to establish and grow a business and a career. Everything from access to talent, you are referencing recruiting young people from Temple, to the cost of doing business, to accessibility and proximity. And I'd love for you to think through with us, if I'm not getting too deep here on, would Koi Fly Creative be as successful if you weren't physically located where you are in greater Philadelphia? Well, I mean, the nature of my business is we could probably be anywhere, but there's different levels of competition in each place. Like, my whole thing's always been, you know, like you don't have to go to New York and you don't have to go to LA to right. get amazing cinematography talent and editors. Like they're here and they're really, really good. So I always buck against that and say, look, yes, let's use Philadelphia talent. Like I've taken Philadelphia talent all over the country with me because right. I love these guys and, I, and women. So, I mean, I couldn't be as successful as I am anywhere else but here because I have networks and I have people that I've known for forever in the agency world who who are always helping me out. Yeah, it's about the relationships we have in our lives and our careers. It's about my network and about my dad, the way my dad sort of like locked us in here into this Mm -hmm. area. But yeah, no, I I think that we are in the best place we could possibly be. Although, you know, I've talked to you about moving into Center City. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've been thinking about it. Well, that's still greater Philadelphia, so that's all good. (laughs) It still counts. That's right. Yeah. And I know that was a little bit of a tough and maybe a little bit of an unfair question because the success of Koi Fly Creative really rests with you and with Eric and the passion and the vision you have for driving it. That's right. It is about a collective team of the six or seven professionals that you're privileged to work with Mm -hmm. every day and who support your vision and who, mm-hmm. who buy into your vision and want to deliver for you on your vision as well. So that, that was a tough question, I know. They believe I, in the dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It really is that. Yeah. So I want to shift gears slightly and ask about forward-thinking opportunities here. Where do we see Koi Fly Creative in the next three years, the next five years, the next 10 years? 
I would love to see Koi Fly Creative. I don't want to get any bigger than 15 in-house staff. So I'm working really hard to try and like make sure that everybody in-house is comfortable with the amount of responsibility that they have. And that's the delicate balance right now. That's the challenge. We have jobs coming in. Do we have enough manpower to man those jobs in-house? Do we need? So yeah. that's sort of what the juggling act that I'm doing now. So in three to five years, I think that'll be settled in. I feel like maybe we'll move closer to the city, maybe not right in the city, but closer to the city because I, I feel like there's just a little bit more street cred mm-hmm. for creative industry in the city. Although I love Westchester. I love the parking and I love the commute from my house where mm-hmm. it is now. So, sure. I, so I'm, I'm juggling with that. I feel like I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get more into the strategy part of Koi Fly Creative and data-driven part. And then I see shoppable video coming into my future. I've talked nice. to a, a bunch of people about it and it's really intriguing. Nice. So yeah. let me dive into that if I can, because I'm not familiar with shoppable video. Yeah. How do you describe that? What is shoppable video? Well, the concept is there's a software that you can wrap a video mm-hmm. with certain mapping like AI. Okay. Where you could be like on your phone mm-hmm. and you could use your finger. And if you see something you love, let's say you're watching a Boyd's commercial and mm-hmm. you see something like a suit jacket that you love, you can press on that suit jacket and it'll bring you into the Boyd's website and you can buy it directly from your phone through video. Nice. They do it now on Instagram and um, there's some YouTube ways of doing it, but right. I feel like it could be sort of a game changer for a lot of companies. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I could see that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes you right to the transaction. Yeah. You, you go right down the wormhole. Yeah. 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 You don't have to wait till you get home to log on or make the phone call or whatever way you purchase something now. Yeah. And I love the fact that I would love using that with video because it's just the ROI. I mean, there's just yeah. no other way of yeah. <laughs> just a brilliant ROI. No, that makes good sense. Yeah. And, and here I forgot to reference the fact that you could actually just walk into the Boyd store and go buy it directly. <laughs> Absolutely, just go by directly, and they would love that. So good, do right. that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I really appreciate that that whole kind of vision of three, five, yeah. ten years. Future. Uh, yeah, Stacy. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. My next area of focus here is, you know, we all have those moments of things that we could change in our mm-hmm. industry, and you know, working in the space you're in, the production, the creative, communication, storytelling space, branding, and image, strategic communications. It's not a highly regulated industry, so I'm not sure what kind of pressures you may be feeling in that kind of concept, but my thinking here is, if you could change one thing about your industry sector that would just really be you know, a milestone game changer, if we just got this thing right, it would really change the industry and allow your team to even be more successful. Is there something that stands out for you? I've always, I don't know if this comes from a certain level of naivety, because I have not been in this industry forever, but I came from the agency world, the ad agency world, mm-hmm. where you know there's open collaboration between agencies. Of course, there's competition, but there's the Philly Ad Club and people you know talk and everyone sort of knows what's going on and other like production is not like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's very very proprietary and private, and there's not a lot of like people meeting up and exchanging information and sort of understanding the industry through other companies' eyes. Because I feel, like, especially in the city of Philadelphia, like we we don't just go to Philadelphia for our work. We go everywhere in the country. Sure. But in Philadelphia, I feel like people are worried that there's limited amount of jobs available for production, which there isn't. There, it's The sky is the limit. Right. Just selfishly, I would love to learn more from some of these amazing production You know, people that work have worked, been doing this for years and years and years. And I've reached out here and there, but and maybe I, I could do more of reaching out. Mm-hmm. But I would love to feel like that was something that was fluid that I would be able to like sort of, we could sort of have this consulting group, like this sort of... Right. 
Philly production industry club. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and I guess what I'm hearing from that, which I really appreciate, is a greater sense of collaboration and sharing within the industry. I love that. Uh, whether yeah. it's formal or informal, yeah. right? But one of the other things you touched on is really important, and I hear this as well. And I think it's actually not fair. I think it's what's the right terminology? It's inaccurate. And that is this notion that there are no jobs or there are fewer jobs for people in the kind of creative Mm -hmm. arts and the production and ad agency and brand space. It just doesn't exist as robustly as it does in other parts of the country, specifically New York or L.A. Mm -hmm. or Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's accurate, actually. And we've heard this from other folks that there is this burgeoning presence when it comes to brand communications and creative agency space and production companies that you can tap into right here in greater Philadelphia that's affordable, that's talented, that's accessible, and that can deliver on a vision. You don't have to go to those big, higher priced, more, I guess what I would say, different communities Mm -hmm. to to get your vision fulfilled. I think the one thing I should mention is there is Philly Rough Cuts, and Mm -hmm. these guys have put together this Philly Rough Cuts Club, and it's amazing. And they all, crew meets up, and they go over their new projects and talk about it and get feedback. And and that is growing larger and larger. And more and more people are going. And they're very open and they're very they're amazing. So I love that part. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Stace, I want you to take me with you this weekend to a backyard barbecue. Okay. And you're going to meet a new young lady, your young man. And they're going to ask you about koi fly. Right. What do you want that person to know at that backyard barbecue about koi fly creative? So funny because we talk about our elevator pitch all the time. And like, what would you say? Okay, we have this thing like we're a collaborative content, you know, whatever. So we have this like thing that's a lot of words. Yeah. But what would you say to someone if you just had a beer? Exactly. And you were standing you're there chilling. talking to someone and you're chilling and someone's like, so what do you do? And I think most of the people in my office say, like, we're video vendors. You know, we're video vendors, and it's not the glamorous way of saying it, but we create videos and short films for brands. And that would be, like, in a nutshell what we do. There's a lot of bells and whistles that go around that and a lot of different ways to sort of make it more glamorous. But if I was talking to somebody and I just didn't want to get into all the details, that's what I would say. We make short videos and films for brands. We help brands. Like, what I really love to say is we help brands get to their audience because that's where you want to go. You want to make sure your information, your story is in front of the people you want to buy it. Right. Right. Whether you're like a business to business or if you're business to consumer, you want to make sure that what, what you're selling is what people are buying. And that's what we try to do. So that collaborative business approach that Stacy and her team employ continues to result in truly inspiring work. And the story of Koi Fly's founding and growth, it's just one of the many stories of the innovators and entrepreneurs that we feature right here on the Growing Greater podcast. Discover more stories that are right for you by visiting selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast. As we close out our program, let's thank the team at Coral Homes. They are a boutique hotel experience like none other, providing customized services and thoughtfully designed travel accommodations. At Coral Homes, guests experience designer living, high-quality comfort, state-of-the-art technology, and 24-7 top-shelf amenities. For authentic and extra-special accommodations, make your next stay in Philadelphia at Coral Homes. For a night, a week, a month, or longer, it's Coral Homes. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. 
Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts or online at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast.